You're okay, Jerry. Yeah, this weather, yeah. <laughs> Fourth, you couldn't have me all at current power rankings at number four. You have to have them. Definitely have them at number one. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Kathy McNamee of Koi Gig is with us to talk to us about the Republic of Ireland's two upcoming friendlies against the USA. Um, a nice handy one for us, you know. We expect to win both these routine three 0 victories for us, right? Against one of these kind of do they even play football? In oh no, not at all. They hate football over there. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. I was kind of we talked a bit about it on Koi Gig this week about what we actually expect from this game, and the general consensus was first game, go out, actually play, try, and you know make it as close to World Cup conditions as possible, and then maybe second game test a few players, you know try a couple of different formations, a couple of different setups and just give players game time because there are quite a few players in the squad who aren't getting consistent game time at the moment. So that's going to be something for Vera Pau to test out and I suppose we'll see what sort of legs are in the team at the moment. Do you think they agree in advance with the USA? Will you play your strongest team in this one and we'll mix it up or is it as, um, you know, are they as simpatico as that? I don't know. I've heard... It depends on the team, I think, sometimes. So sometimes coaches do have close relationships and they do have these conversations. I remember Serena Wiegmann saying once that she had it when she was working with Netherlands, that she knew certain co- coaches on the circuit and you'd go into certain international breaks and say, OK, this is what we're going to do or this is what I want from this game. But I also think it depends, like, you know, the way we played Ger- Germany and China the last time in the last international break, like that Germany game... There obviously was some sort of agreement because the first half, it was behind closed doors for one. First half, they played their, we played our strongest side and they played their slightly weaker side. And then the second half, this two teams swapped. So in a situation like that, there's obviously been some conversation between the coaches to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Because they they both want to get the most out of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, say, with the China friendly, I don't know how much of a conversation went into that. So I think there is a difference if it's like a behind closed doors game or if it's a fully televised, like, stole out stadium sort of a international friendly and what do we expect in terms of numbers from the UX just in case anybody was unaware we've been completely facetious these are incredibly difficult friendlies <laughs> against one of the greatest teams in the world an absolute powerhouse and generally massive support for the USA whenever they play at home yeah, so I think they're looking at probably like twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 for the two games, hopefully. Um, that's the capacity of the stadiums anyways. And from what I've seen, the ticket sales are going quite well. I'd say the Saturday game is much more likely to get a bigger crowd. Not only is it Denise O'Sullivan's 100th cap, and she's a massive figure over in the US for her time in the NWSL. Um, Judy Ertz, who's one of the US's big players, she is also having a big cap anniversary. I think she might be 100 as well. Um, she's just been brought into the squad after quite a bit of time time away and it's also Saturday afternoon I think it's half two US time so it's much more favourable compared to half seven on a Tuesday evening um, but yeah I think it should be a big crowd there's some talk that Adeleke might turn up because she's right. in the University of Texas and also the AFLW All-Stars are going to the game on Saturday as well um, Amber Barrett was doing pressers last night and she was asked about whether they or she was asked someone said you know there's 
fair few Donegal girls on the team <laughs> and she was joking that uh, she'd ask Vera would she be allowed to line up with the All-Stars but she hadn't got an answer yet. So, <laughs> so who's who of Irish sport turning up then? Like, it's fascinating that the choice of really strong opposition seems to be a Vera Pau method. I know I was listening to her talk during the week before Euro 2009 with the Dutch they were playing Germany. I think they got thrashed by Germany but ended up in the tournament then getting all the way to close to the final as well. So it's it's a ploy that, that works. Turns out playing good opposition helps. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's been a very clear difference in the squad from that win against Australia in Tala and the sort of opposition that we've played since then. Um, and Vera Powell has been very clear, like when I was talking to her over in Marbella uh, when the China friendly was happening, she was saying that she's she's planned every single opponent that we face. So, like... She wanted to face Germany because of their like technical ability and their skill. She wanted to face China because a lot of the Chinese players aren't the sort of players that anyone on the Ireland squad would ever face. She wanted to face the US because they're the best in the world. She wanted to face France because they're also one of the best in the world. She wanted to face you know all these different teams for different reasons and why they're going to support us and help us. So, so like the US would play quite a similar style of football to Canada. So we have faced Canada in our World Cup group, but we don't necessarily want to play them now a couple of months out from the World Cup. So it's interesting to see. And it's interesting if you look at like who the other teams in our group are facing. They're kind of doing similar stuff. So like Canada are playing France. Uh, Australia are facing Scotland and England. I presume that's partly because a lot of their squad are based over there as well. And then Nigeria are playing Haiti and New Zealand. So you can kind of see where the teams are coming from in terms of the opposition that they're picking. And look, I think it's a testimony that uh, we're able to get fixtures against the USA because they could pretty much pick anybody they wanted. And obviously they feel like we'll sell some tickets for them too. So uh, two big games. We'll get into the, the nitty-gritty of the games in a few minutes. But we did want to talk about something else that came up in the Amber Barrett conversation there's been a move in all sport globally towards dark shorts as opposed to white shorts for women. Um, the English football team, I think, are debuting their new dark shorts this week. I think Wimbledon have announced that they're going to allow dark shorts. And it's basically everywhere because everybody understands that uh, dark shorts are uh, better. And um, it has come up in conversation repeatedly over the last number of years. Amber Barrett was asked about this, right? Mm-hmm. And what 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 did she say? Because you you were on this call yesterday when she was talking about it. Yeah, so uh, it was John Fallon from the Examiner who asked the question. But she was asked, would the was it a thing that the Irish team were interested in? And um, we actually have a clip of her giving her answer to it, which was quite interesting. But basically, she was asked, do the Irish team want to wear dark shorts? Is this something that's going to come in their future, especially with the World Cup approaching? Yeah, well, to be perfectly honest with you, it's not um, a conversation we've directly had. I think, you know, we we have just had the changeover from Umbro to Castori and hopefully that the next, you know, over the next while, that is something that, you know, hopefully for all women's teams, that will be something that will be part and parcel of their kids. So hopefully that is something that comes down the line. Now, I'm not, to, to be honest with you, John, I'm not completely sure what the, what the standpoint is it with here, you know, if it's possible, but I'm sure it is if the conversation's had. Was there something you would like to see? Yeah, of course. I think it would make every every woman's life a lot easier. Right. 
So that was yesterday in the press conference. What time did that happen? Uh, that was around half five, six o'clock yesterday evening. And then a statement came through from the FAI afterwards. Yeah. So afterwards, everyone was like, oh, that's interesting. And a lot of people were saying, you know, it's a certain news story we're going to run. And the FAI said the Football Association of Ireland can confirm that following discussions with the Ireland women's national team players, that the team will wear the traditional green jersey, white shorts and green socks as part of the new Castori home kit. The FAI consulted with the senior leadership group within the squad and with management on the possibility of switching the colour of the shorts, but with the supply of protective underwear, the players felt that staying with white shorts was the preferred option. Which doesn't really tally with the exact testimony we've just had from one of the players. I don't know, is Amber Barrett not in the senior leadership group? Is it? She said it's something we haven't actually talked about. Maybe immediately afterwards, because it came up in the conversation and that hadn't been predicted as a line of questioning, which should really have been predicted as a line of questioning. Um, They did then subsequently consult with the players, but uh, it would make everybody's... I I can't remember the exact line that Amber Barrett just told us. It would make every woman's life easier or something along the lines. So this just doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't seem to follow on logically that like there's a movement in the world. We've we've asked somebody for their opinion. They've given their opinion. Everybody else is going this direction. And the FAI consulted with the senior leadership group within the squad and management on the possibility of switching the colour of the shorts. And they've said no, that staying with white shorts was the preferred option. Yeah, well, I, I'm pretty certain that Amber Barrett isn't in the senior leadership group. From what I understand, it's Katie McCabe, Denise Sullivan, Louise Quinn and Lee Fahey when she's obviously she's not in the camp at the moment because she is injured. Um, it's, it's a weird one because I've heard a few of the team talk maybe like outside of the actual Irish setup about this. You know, um, Emma Carroll actually sent me just before we came on a panel discussion that Louise Quinn did with her sport saying, you know, it's a it's a conversation that she's had many times in many different forms and that it is something that could be a lot more comfortable for women and girls like and again it's all it is personal preference to a certain level like some people don't care at all and other people it does make a big difference it just seems weird that somewhere the message is getting lost where there has been this or well the FER are saying there has been this discussion with players on the team but then there are also other players on the team being like no we haven't directly had this conversation I'm sure they've had it like in between themselves was the impression I got from Amber Barrett but that there wasn't a a more rounded conversation with the entire squad. And I think that is important too because like uh, Sinead O'Carroll was on the weekend show here talking about it a couple of weeks ago and she tweeted about it as well saying that in her squad, the GA team she plays with, they had a conversation and they decided to stick with white shorts but implement other things. So like more sanitary bins or more options of like how you would actually get products in the team and talking about these things and saying to players, you know, if... If you're not feeling great, okay, well, like, let's look into how we can do better training around your period or whatever it is. And she was like, that's how we decided to approach it as a squad. So it seems to be that there are conversations happening within the FAI, but they're just not filtering down in maybe the way that they should be. Um, or, or, or like, the, you know, in the absence of uh, the players coming out and saying, no, we fully agree with the white shorts, right? Because this is a statement from the press office. In the absence of that... Speculation will be that there's a dispute between Castore and the FAI, or that they're not going to have enough kit ready in time for it, or you know, the, like what 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 comes out then is like speculation as opposed to, particularly because we just had testimony from one of the players saying it would be better if we didn't have the white shorts, and then immediately afterwards there's a statement from the FAI saying we're going to have the white shorts. Like, uh, you yeah, know. no, there definitely. Uh, 
probably raise more questions than like it's a sort of thing where even I think if the statement hadn't have come out last night and then they had actually taken the time to talk to the squad and then they were like this came up and we've had a conversation and this is how we feel it was just so like I I looked it up there just to double check it was about an hour and a half after the press conference ended that the statement came through and there was other pressers on afterwards too so probably only realistically like an hour or so after it all ended it's just a, it was a very interesting timing and the fact that Amber in, in the way that she normally is she's a very honest yeah. player and, but she was very emphatic in it there wasn't really a question in her mind of she was like yeah no it would make my life better um, and it's interesting too because so obviously now all the new kits are coming out for the World Cup for the teams that get specific World Cup kits and Nike released theirs and theirs have built in like specific supports for women. So you know, like in certain men's shorts, you almost have like a second pair of underwear inside of them for support. Yeah, These are basically similar enough and it's like a second pair in there that have special... Um, technology I suppose in them that make sure you don't leak and the hope is for Nike that they're going to then extend that and roll that into other parts of their normal everyday kit so like this is the sort of stuff these are the sort of conversations that are happening with certain countries and certain kit manufacturers so there are a lot of different avenues yeah, to would, pursue and you would hope that those conversations were being happened. Yeah, it's an opportunity to innovate and you would hope that Castori are, are uh, taking that opportunity to innovate. But it just felt like there was a bit of um, dissonance between what we heard and then what we were told. And, uh, you know, um, it's pretty easily fixed and uh, certainly cleared up over the next while. We are joined by Maeve de Berka, former Republic of Ireland international. Maeve, all the way from Argentina this morning for us. Um, these fixtures against the United States, from a player's perspective, it doesn't really get any better. Obviously, the World Cup is going to be the, the, the absolute peak, but a build-up against the United States is a big opportunity for somebody to write their name in pen in Vera Pau's team sheet. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Um, good morning to you, but yeah, the the games against the World Cup um, champions, you know, you can't get much bigger than that, like you said, aside from the major tournament um, itself, but you know, they're four-time World Cup winners, four-time Olympic champions, so um, it really is the biggest test um, for the squad, but like you said, it's um, it's a huge, I suppose, opportunity for the girls, Irish girls, to um, write their names to make sure they're on the plane um, to Australia. Uh, there's also, I suppose, a bit of trepidation because, as you say, four times, four times World Cup champions, four times Olympic champions. Somebody might have a bad game against somebody, and therefore manage to get out of the team. That's it. The, the Americans are so fine, um, you know, and um, I suppose if that was to happen, it could, um, yeah, they could play themselves out of the, the squad, unfortunately, as well. And um, you know, given there's only 23 spaces. Um, you know, in the squad for for the tournament, then it is. It's really, um, I suppose, every kind of every play counts within the games, and um, yeah, that's the main thing. I suppose they'll be hoping not to, to make mistakes. But um, on the flip side, then the US, they're going to be all. Um, this is their last international camp as well before the squad is picked. And um, you know, f- from their point of view, they're going to be all guns blazing as if they they don't already approach every game like that. There's going to be even a more incentive for the Americans as well. Important as well, uh, Maeve, that, that some of these players that aren't in uh, get back in because you look at the absentees from the squad, Nia Fahey, Chloe Mustaki, Ellen Malloy, Jessu and Leanne Kiernan, 
Megan Campbell out for personal reasons as well. So, as Vera Powell pointed out this week, they, they need to get back in and play in as soon as possible because it's really not that far away. No, it's not. It's, it's creeping up now, um, day by day. I think um, you know, and those girls are vital parts of the squad. Nisai um, in particular will be um, be very important for her um, to get back in. She's such a, a vital um, cog for, for Ireland and Megan as well. And um, like that, it just gives the girls now, I suppose, who are, are in the squad at the moment, know that these players are, um, you know, if they're fit, they'll be on the plane. So. Um, I suppose this is their kind of their opportunity just to stake the claim. But um, like you said, there's um, there's important girls missing as well. On that question about who's be on the team, Amber Barrett talked about it a little bit last night. Maeve saying, you know, there's 27 players that Vera Powell has brought over. There's the extra two that are meeting up with the squad there, and. And Amber herself was kind of saying, you know, I haven't had a lot of playing time. And we were asking, are you worried about that? Do you think there are players in this? I know everyone has to be a little bit on edge because of the the stakes that are there. But are there any players do you think that should be particularly worried? Or, you know, as someone like Lucy Quinn, who had been pretty much a stalwart in the squad, just about made it on the play. And I think she got her call up on Sunday evening and they flew on Monday morning. Yeah, I think I would imagine um, close to half the squad themselves are probably, you know, really um, nervous as such um, just to make the squad. I wouldn't say there's, aside from the, you know, the starting 11 or close to maybe, I suppose, 13 players who would be playing regularly, like, you know, it doesn't tend to change the starting lineup a whole lot. Um, like I said there, Amber wouldn't have been getting much game time, but I mean, she's made such an impact off the bench that I, I you know, myself would think that she'd, she'd be a definite on the plane. But um, like you said, the girls, I suppose they'll just have to take opportunities in training if, if they don't come within the, the match scenarios. I'm sure they've been watched um, by all the coaching staff, not just here, within the, the training sessions. And, you know, it's a long enough camp that I suppose there's a lot goes on that we won't see um, only on match day. You know, we, we're making our judgment based off what we see um, in the 90 minutes but I'd say you know they're obviously taking into account everything they're, even their interactions around the group within you know how they are off the pitch, off pitch interactions and how important they can be um, you know within the squad setting especially when you're um, heading to a tournament that you're going to be together for weeks on end I think it's important to get the right um, balance of characters within a squad as well uh, On that point right uh, how difficult is it or uh, what would the atmosphere be like if somebody gets catapulted in from nowhere to the squad at this point? Yeah, I think it's a difficult one. I mean, um, it's really the the people I suppose that's going to affect the most is, is the girl who's left um, at home without, um, you know, been on the plane and then, you know, she's just replaced instantly. But um, I suppose it's, it's cutthroat international football's cutthroat and um you know we've seen it there um viewers and afraid to add to the squad but um personally i think if you know if they're a starter or that i think it's um it would be easier to, for others to, to accept it almost whereas you know if they're just coming along as a squad player to replace a girl who's um, been part of the you know the campaigns over the years in qualifying and that i think that would be more difficult um you know, to see, but I, I can't imagine, I can't foresee that would happen at this stage. Yeah, we we, we will wait with bated breath. What would good results be in the two games, Maeve? 
Um, I suppose damage limitation given the, the calibre of the opponents, but I mean, a draw would be massive. Um, I'm pretty sure he's never um, got a result against the US. Usually, um, it can be, it can be um, in the past, would have been high scores. I remember we, we did get, I think, uh, maybe a 2-0 or a 3-0 as well um, at times, but um, it would be, it's, like I said, it's great um, preparation you know, for the games against um, Australia, Canada in particular, and, and Nigeria. Like, they'll, they'll be... Um, I suppose they'll be just setting up in a similar way. Their, their focus will be on how they'll be setting up in the World Cup. So um, I'd, I'd expect to see a low block. And um, yeah, I mean, the result, uh, a draw will be great. But sure, we can always dream of, of a win. Who knows anything is possible, really. All right, Maeve, great to have you on. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Thanks a lot, guys. It's uh, Maeve de there, former Republic of Ireland international. I heard Maeve saying there that she expects a low block and I could just hear Karen Duggan in my head being like, a low block, not a low block, anything but a low block. She's very against the low, well, she's not against it, but she's a bit tired of seeing it with the Irish team, as any Koigig listeners will know. Yeah, I am... We are definitely going to see that, though, in this game, right? 100%. Like, that's, that's her identity as a manager. That's what Vera Powell wants this Ireland team to be like. And there's a there's definitely an argument for it, right? There is. There is. I, I, but I also do get the frustration with some play, like some of the former players or people who have watched this team for a while where you're like, we do have talents there. Like, Vera has got this team to a level of confidence that we have probably never seen before. And the idea that we can actually play good football when we want to and that we can we don't have to persist with the low block that we can actually release some of those players and do something really magical and if we're going to try it at any time now is the time you know when we have all these warm-up games this is the time to try these things doesn't work doesn't work that's why you have two games in an international window that's why you have behind closed doors games you know there are opportunities to try these things and I suppose it would just be nice to see a little bit of creativity from the squad. Well, you see names like Alex Morgan and Lindsay Horan being thrown around for obvious reasons but like the reality is you forget that some of these Irish players, quite a few of them are, are used to playing against players of that calibre in the, in the WSL and I know we have Australia up first in the World Cup and the small matter of, of Sam Kerr but they have players, Ireland, that, that are capable of, of dealing with these with these girls as well. Oh yeah, I mean, particularly Denise O'Sullivan, whenever you listen to any of the US players talk about her, it's like she is one of the best players in the world. Like, she is world class. Um, I remember, like, when I worked with ESPN, which is obviously a like, US-based outlet, and interviewing the likes of Crystal Dunn and Sam Mewis, and I would always be there trying to get my, like, little Irish question in at the end. But uh, a lot of time you'd ask them about someone like Denise O'Sullivan, and they would just be like, never had a teammate like her, never played against someone like her. She is an absolute workhorse, but she is 100% there for the team. And obviously it's a big weekend for her as well because she's going to make her 100 cap on Saturday. Rumour has it she's also going to captain the team, take over the armband from uh, Katie McCabe for the event, which I don't think anyone would take as a, a massive surprise either way. But uh Amber Barrett was saying last night that playing with Denise O'Sullivan is the sort of thing you, you tell your grandkids about. You know, it's a it's a privilege and an honour and something that she's very glad she had the opportunity to do. Um, she'll be 29 making her 100th appearance for Ireland for context. Robbie Keane was 30 when he made his 100th appearance and he was obviously a prodigy in the team from the time he was 17 as well. So it's an incredible achievement for her and as you say, uh, genuinely world-class as well. To, to go back to the question that we were asking there about players being parachuted in, uh, Sinead Farley is the one um, who is the name at the moment who's training with the team. 
Is this training with a view to something after the World Cup? Is it because she happens to be like on the same continent? What's going on here, do you think? It's an interesting one because Vera alluded to it in her press conference in, on Friday. She said, you know, there's someone who's going to come into... We asked her, are there any more players coming in? Because obviously she's already brought in quite a few new names. And she said, uh, there's one player that's going to train with the team for three or four days while we're over there because we just want to see where she's at. Um, now, for anyone who doesn't know, Sinead Farrelly hasn't played professional football for eight years. She was one of the main whistleblowers for the NWSL abuse scandal um, she was the one who came forward about the former Portland Thorns coach Paul Riley and once uh, she stopped playing with Portland Thorns back in 2015 she didn't play again so she's 33 now um, she just signed a new contract about two weekends ago with Gotham she got her first 20 minutes of professional football at the weekend against uh, Oil Rain that was a 2-0 defeat for Gotham so very interesting one I mean from what Fira said on Friday, I got the impression that this is someone who could come into the team at some stage. Uh, but then when I saw who the player actually was, I was very surprised because Vera is big on, you know, you should be getting minutes. And this is someone who hasn't played for eight years. And when Sarah Rowe alluded to the fact that, you know, maybe she might be interested in getting into the World Cup squad, there was quite a lot of people being like, nah, you haven't played soccer in a long time. And... I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see what the reaction was. I mean, if she comes in and she plays really well, I don't think there's any arguments to say that she can't play for us, but I would just be very interested to see what some of the home-based reaction would be to that. For context for people, we can submit a list of 50 players a couple of days before that, Zambia-friendly in June, which is huge. But then, of course, it has to be paired back significantly. Yeah, it has to be brought back down to 23 for the actual World Cup, which a lot of coaches aren't happy about. They wanted it to be raised to 26. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it could be someone who is good to have in the squad for the next couple of months and plays some of the friendlies or helps the squad train. But I, I would be massively surprised if she makes the World Cup squad. I mean, for me, the main player that has been brought in so far that I can see making the squad is Aoife Mannion um, She's a centre back Yeah Right Okay uh, Is there a possibility that they're looking at Farley as somebody who can join the squad after the World Cup I mean given the age profile it's probably unlikely but I feel like it's unlikely 33 is quite it's you know it's on the kind of side of you're slowly making your way out of a team um, especially she's a midfielder as well so Not a lot of miles on the clock though you know like could easily True. play four years uh, at a professional level and decide that actually coming over and playing in the Euros is something that is of, of interest to her, you know? Yeah, or the New Nations League that's coming up. Uh, no, there's like there's plenty of opportunity and I mean, it's a, it's an incredible story, everything that herself and Manishim went through over the last couple of years and now see both of them back playing professional football after so long out. I mean, all credit to the two of them and... You know, I hope the the camp is a good experience for her, and I mean, I'm sure it is. They're a great bunch of girls in general. But yeah, I <laughs> I've seen some of the anger in general at the few dual players that have been brought in already, especially at like domestic level. So I I would be interested to see if there would be a little bit of controversy if Sinead Farrelly was brought in more permanently. All right, we shall see, Kathleen. Good stuff. Uh, when's this week's episode up? Uh, it's already up. There you go. Uh, this week's episode of Quite available. Just search. Uh, Koi Gig, wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.